Welcome to the Maximum Movie Podcast, where we promote eating your fucking cinnamon rolls, bitch. Go eat them, motherfucker. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Maximum Movie Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about the latest episode of Last of Us, episode 5. Um, I think it's called Endear and Survive. Um, this one is uh, covering the story of Henry and Sam from the game. And uh, this, I think it's around an hour long episode, so it's longer than last week's. Um, and I gotta say, I mean, if you just want to get right into it, I thought it was another really solid episode. That was way better than last episode. Um, I think this is close to the same quality as episode three. Not quite as good, but better than episode two also, and I'm like probably tied with episode one for like just how good it is. I mean, I think this has just as good of action as the first episode and the intensity's there. Um, the production design's there, everything technically is there, but also the thing that this episode has that makes it really good is has a really great story and also uh, introduces two characters who are really awesome, like two of my favorite characters from the game, um, personally. Like, I, I honestly thought that was my favorite little subsection they had in the game is when they went to, it, it was Pittsburgh in the game, but Kansas City in the show. Um, but yeah, I really think this episode did a beautiful job of adapting that story. Um, and yeah, I was really impressed. So I think we'll just get right into it. Um, this episode doesn't pick up right where the last episode ended. It actually has a flashback 10 days to when Henry and Sam are first, or when the hunters first take over Fedra in Kansas City. They're overthrowing the whole thing. And uh, it shows how they're brutalizing these soldiers like they're shoving glass into their face and dragging them through the streets behind cars it's pretty brutal but i'm assuming that fedra did that and worse to the people i mean it's pent up rage it's what happens but anyways uh then we go to see henry and sam and how they're escaping all the chaos because they are uh, collaborators or henry basically ratted someone out to save his brother so they're being hunted down by the hunters and uh, we see Kathleen again, who, like I said, she still gets a sub- substitute teacher vibe. Hella, even in this episode, but, you know, whatever. She, I think she's way better in this episode than she was last episode, just because I think of the situation that we find her in in this episode, and also we get more context. But, like, still, I'm not a huge fan of her character, but whatever. So she, um, yeah, she walks into a room full of all these, like, I guess they're collaborators as well. She has them held prisoner because she's the head of the hunters or the group that overthrew the Fedra. So she has all these people held captive and she's telling them like, yo, tell me where Henry and Sam is or else I'm going to cap every single one of you last motherfuckers. And the the one guy finally slips up and he's like, oh, they went with this, uh, the, this doctor. And she's like, oh, really? I mean, he did a better job hiding the fact that he was a traitor than you guys did clearly since they're in jail and he's not i thought that was kind of a funny line um and then yeah they she walks so she's like okay thank you for telling me and then she just kills him anyway 
which I knew she was going to do because it's The Last of Us. So, yeah, all those people are dead. Um, but, yeah, then the doctor that we saw in the last episode that Kathleen killed is actually the guy that helped Henry and Sam escape. So he's actually a really chill dude. And uh, he gets some supplies and stuff and food, and he has them holed up in this attic. And uh, we, we get to see... So they change this. So Sam is deaf in the show. He's not deaf in the game. He's also way younger in the show. He's like, and and uh, Henry's younger as well. Like I think Sam's eight in the show, and he's thirteen in the game. He's about the same age as Ellie in the game, but they changed it so he's just significantly younger. So I think they get more of like a, there's a little, little more of like a little brother vibe when it comes to Ellie, and then like, I don't know. It, I, I, it, both versions of the story work really well, but it's interesting that they made him deaf adds a whole new element to um, the way Henry has to take care of him because he has to obviously talk in sign language and also, like, Henry can't hear anything or Sam can't hear anything, so he has to, like, be able to let him know when shit's going down. And I thought that was a cool addition. Even in the behind the scenes, Neil Druckmann, who made the game, was like, I wish I came up with that for Henry and Sam. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty funny. He's like, it's almost like he's revising a story he already wrote is interesting uh but anyways after that uh um they they realize the doctor's not coming back and uh they this is also they like have decorated the room they painted it with because like sam's super into superhero stuff so they decorated the room with all this like these drawings of super sam and we get to see uh henry put the battle paint on sam it's this little superhero mask i thought that was really cool wholesome and uh i knew i i knew what was gonna happen later in the episode at least i assumed because i played the game i was like okay they're just doing this to make this hurt even more in the end of the episode and of course it worked so bravo um but yeah we we see henry and sam they leave that little attic and they go out to try to find something that can help them and then they sam happens to see joel from last episode like fighting those hunters in the truck he he like sees that so he's like, okay this guy clearly is also on the hunter's bad side so i'm gonna go find him we can team up and get out of here and that's exactly that's exactly what he does he like we saw in the last episode he sneaks up on joel and ellie and catches them off guard holds them at gunpoint and this is different from the game because in the game uh joel and ellie first walk into a room and they see uh henry holding the gun and joel just beats the fuck out of him like completely just almost kills him by punching him in, like, the, he started punching him in the kidney, in the back, he's just wailing on him, and, uh, that's when we see Sam holding the gun, but, like, in the show, there's none of that, they just, less violence, they just hold, held up by gunpoint, and I thought it was funny, though, when, uh, Henry asked Joel, like, are you not gonna attack us, and Joel's like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, and he's like, that's not a very con- fucking convincing, yeah, I'm like, that's funny, that was funny. Joel, Joel doesn't know those people. He's just some two random dudes that are just have them at gunpoint. I would be the same thing. I'd be like sussed as hell. Like, why are you pointing a gun at me, bro? It's not a great first impression. But they end up chilling. They have food and they eat and they start to talk and kind of get to know each other. And Joel's like wants kind of just to separate and dip. But Henry sees that they are also stuck in Kansas City and don't know a way out. Henry does know a way out, but he also, Henry needs someone to be able to protect him and Sam, because Henry in this version doesn't know how to shoot a gun, he barely knows, he's never shot a gun, he's like, he's different from the game in that aspect, where he's, 
very much more innocent in this way. Um, he's not violent at all. And, uh, like, the, he says the most violent thing he's ever done was point the gun at Joel in Ellie. And uh, so I thought that was interesting. There's a difference. Like, there's a period. I, I don't know how he's able to stay completely, like, I never killed anybody or unviolent in the world like The Last of Us. And he was, he's, like, 20 years old. But, you know, I guess we can brush that aside. But, uh, yeah, he's like, you know, you, I show the way, you clear the way. And Joel's like, you know what? Whatever, fine. I guess we'll we'll deal with these dudes. And um, I feel like in this is in the in the show they're making Joel a lot more trusting than he was in the game, or at least more trusting early on, which I think is kind of setting up the fact that you know what happens in the Last of Us Two happens, and like that it makes more sense for it to happen. I think that's kind of what they're going because that was a huge complaint in the second game was like it's so out of Joel's character for him to do this. And maybe in the show, they're trying to retcon that slightly. I, I still think overall it's the same vibe, but, like, you know, they're making it a bit softer. Like, obviously, he didn't punch Sam nearly, or Henry and nearly kill him uh, like he did in the game when they first encountered him. Uh, but, yeah, so they are, I thought this was really cool. Uh, after they they slept in there, they like, it's the daytime, and you get a view of the whole city from up in the apartment. And I thought that was such a sick shot of seeing apocalyptic, or post-apocalyptic Kansas City, like, just sprawled out from there. That was a that was a sweet shot. I love those aerial views of the broken cities. That was cool. And uh, they they get their plan going. And this is the only scene I felt like in the show where they kind of had Henry... This is another big difference from the game, is where Henry in the game is very, like... He's kind of a low-key a dick to Sam. Like, he's very, you know, come on, let's go. Let's do this. No distractions. Like, Sam tries to find a toy in the game he wants to bring it with him and Henry's like no leave it here we only take what we need and in this show he's a lot softer to Sam probably because Sam's younger and Henry's also younger uh but yeah but this is the only scene where he's like he taps on the table he's like hey yo Sam where are we going or like what's the way out and Sam responds that was like I was like okay at least they had a little bit of that you know like sternness from Henry because that's I thought that was interesting in the game I thought that was cool like he he has to be stern. He loves his brother, but he has to be stern to take care of him. Like it's just a lot of stress put on him, um, and being in the post-apocalypse. Uh, but yeah, so he's like, "We're gonna go through the tunnels. Um, that's the best way to get out of here, and uh, that's where we need to go." And he's like, "Or Henry's like, uh, so basically, there's a ton of inf- like you notice there's no infected in the city at all. What happened was three years ago, Fedra pushed him underground." And then, supposedly, they got rid of the ones underground as well. So Henry's like, Kathleen doesn't think that the tunnels are clean. She thinks they're still full of infected. So she won't look down there. But Henry knows it's clean, so they should go through the tunnels. And uh, as he's saying this, he looks over. Ellie went over to Sam. They started, like, messing around. And uh, I love how the show kept this from the game, where you see Henry, uh, Sam and Ellie's uh, bond growing and how they're starting to form a friendship. And because Ellie doesn't have anyone else that's like close to her age anymore, so it's like it's kind of a breath breath of fresh air to see a kid again and like you know interact and just be innocent. And uh, Henry sees this and he, he sees Sam laughing. He's like, I haven't heard that for a long time. And Joel clearly is just like he's starting, barely starting to feel like the same connection he had to Sarah with Ellie. So he's, but he doesn't want that. He wants that. Like that's the last thing he wants, just because he doesn't want to lose anyone again like that. So he pushes that away. And I was like, oh, that's such good acting from Pedro. He, that was 
peak peak right there because instantly he's like yeah come on what are we doing are we getting out? are we getting out of here he's just trying to distract himself from these emotions so they go out uh underground to the tunnels and i thought it was funny when they first walk in henry's like hey it's clear like hella loud and joel's like shut the fuck up and henry's like your dad's kind of a dick and then both elliot uh uh joel are like i'm not or he's not my dad i'm not her dad at the same time and i was like that's that was funny um and they start to go down the tunnels and they actually they're clear um they happen to be clear and they make it to this is crazy i thought i actually freaked out when i saw this they go to the exact same like child's area in the game where they found like that abandoned um basically daycare center underground and it's really eerie has like this super like painted walls very creepy vibe in there and all the abandoned toys and all that and um they see the note on the wall of uh i forgot his name but it's this little side story in the game where you read these notes and you basically see a whole story about how this guy formed an underground community to protect the kids but then eventually one of the kids broke the rules like joel said and everyone got infected so they had to leave um but they hinted that by showing the picture that the kids drew of the guy on the wall and i was like wow that's cool easter egg that's that's pretty sick and in, even in the behind the scenes neil Druckmann's like i wanted to put this in here because the note storytelling is such a huge thing in the game so they thought they'd at least put this to that and i'm like oh that's, that was that was cool uh but yeah they're there for a little bit um and henry's talking about how he actually betrayed kathleen or he betrayed the reason that kathleen's after him really is because he betrayed the hunters by giving away kathleen's brother that's why kathleen specifically wants henry dead um and he had to give away kathleen's brother because he needed medical supplies for sam because he had leukemia and fedra was like hogging these supplies and unless they could give him information they wouldn't give the medicine so henry did what he had to do and i feel like what anyone would do in that situation um and this is starting to get on the theme of the overall point of the series which is cycles or uh or, i don't want cycles is one thing but like the cycle of violence and how revenge never goes anywhere and like i'm not i don't want to spoil the end of the first game right now uh i mean well, i just kind of want to talk about the game as we're going but it's very clear by the end of the first season i'm assuming by the end of the first season and the first game that like it, you do horrible things for the ones you love that's a very prominent theme in the series and those things you do even though they're you think they're right and they're protecting people you love they'll bite you in the ass and they'll come back to haunt you that's the entire point of last of us 2 and i think that this episode they took a plot line from the game that didn't have anything like that and they started they put that theme of cycle of revenge and um how revenge is a double-edged sword they put that in this episode and i thought that was brilliant i thought that was such a good way to start the blade of seeds the groundwork for last of us 2 so it's not as jarring and also you can see the progression of the whole so the whole story that the the really the theme is we do terrible things for the people we love uh and kathleen is now doing terrible things to get revenge because of henry and henry did a terrible thing for sam um but it, it's like you understand both sides and i love that that it's like you can understand where both of the people are coming from it's just a fuck situation um uh, and then we yeah we come back to kathleen and it shows that she's in her childhood room bedroom and 
she's like, you know, I, I thought revenge was, or my brother hated revenge and always told me to forgive, but where's like the catharsis in that? Where's the point in that of forgiving? Like you don't get anything out of that. So she's thinking very short and narrow minded. And like, I thought that was, that scene was kind of like, I love that because it established her as a crazy villain. He's like, she has no morals anymore. She's completely been blinded by rage or revenge. And she's, she's a bad guy. I, I think that scene fully solidified her as a bad guy and no remorse. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now we actually have a bad guy in the show. Because the last episode, they were trying to, I wish they were really wishy-washy with that whole group. They like were, they were obviously dicks, but they were trying to make him like nice. In this episode, they show that Kathleen did go through a bad thing, but she is still a piece of shit. And we want her to die. So that was good. Um, and then, yeah, back at the daycare center, uh, Henry, he's like, I could tell, I can tell you, you were once a dad. He's talking to Joel, <clears throat> talking to Joel and, uh, Joel doesn't even respond. He, like Henry's like, I, I can tell you were once a dad, maybe not Ellie's dad, but you were someone's dad. And I thought that was so good. You can see the pain in Joel's eyes. He's like, ah, oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. Um, but yeah, they leave the daycare center and, uh, they go outside. It's night at this point and now they're in the suburbs and they're almost, um, out Their Their plan is to cross the bridge and, uh, get out of there. That's their escape route. Um, but first they have to go for like the residential area and they're in there and they end up at this, I could, as soon as they would turn that corner to like the cul-de-sac and I saw that house. Or like that iconic house where you snipe from in the game in this cul-de-sac. I'm like, oh, sh- oh shit, here we go. This is straight from the game. And of course, we got that sniper who is a lot less accurate than he was in the game. <laughs> I'll say that. He, he has a shit, like, I think Joel says he has shit aim. It's very accurate. He has horrible aim in the show. But in the game, you die a lot. <laughs> I try to get away from that sniper. Uh, but yeah, you get, uh, Joel like tells Henry, Sam, and Ellie to stay behind a car. He sneaks up to the house and goes up the stairs and sees that the sniper is actually just this old man. And he's like, please don't. Joel's like, please don't. We don't have to fight. All you have to do is put your rifle down and just be quiet for an hour and we're good. And uh, the old guy, Joel can tell that the old guy is not going to listen to him. He's like, please. And I love that confliction in there because a lot of shows would just show Joel mowing the, or mowing the guy down, but this one, you, they, they really emphasize the violence in this show and how violence is just such a powerful thing. It's just horrible. And the show doesn't shy away from it at times, but also like in moments like this, they show like it's almost more impactful just to hear the gunshot rather than see the guy die. Anyways, uh, so Joel kills the guy, and um, then he sees on the radio the guy was talking to Kathleen and was letting him know that he found Henry and Sam. And I thought that was sick. It's like, okay, here we go. This is the climax of the episode. Shit's starting to ramp up. And sure enough, all of a sudden, big-ass trucks, plowed trucks come in, plowing abandoned cars to the neighborhood. And Ellie and Sam and Henry start booking it towards the house. And Joel's desperately firing shots at the truck. And eventually he shoots the driver and the truck crashes into a house and blows up. I was like, all right, cool. Joel got that nice shot. And, uh, from there, Ellie, Henry, and Sam hide behind a car, and Kathleen and her whole army show up, and Kathleen's like, I know you're here, Henry, I know you're here, and Henry starts talking from behind the car, 
And clearly Kathleen knows where he is, and so does her entire army. And if she's so hell-bent on just killing him, why doesn't she just go around the car and shoot him? That's the one thing I was like, you know, is there a really easy situation? None of this would have had, none of the chaos that unfolds after this moment would have had to happen if she just would do this. But, uh, or I guess it would have, but it would have been over with and they could have gotten out of there before it went to shit. Anyways, Henry, or Kathleen's talking about how Henry shouldn't value someone's life over another, even if they're a kid. And she's like, kids die. And that was like, oh, you, you fucker, you're such a piece of shit. I want you to die. Please, please die. And Henry gets up, and I actually thought Henry might die right here. They might change it from the game. He, he gets up, and he's looking at Kathleen. And I was really glad they didn't change his death because his death in the game was one of the biggest moments for me. And they didn't. Right? Is, there's a Deus Ex Machina, right? As he's, uh, there's a couple Deus Ex Machinas in this episode, actually. But right as um, uh, Kathleen's pointing the gun at Henry, the truck that Joel shot the driver of seeks into the ground and last episode they were hinting at the sinkholes and how there's clearly some kind of infected activity going like on under there still and uh sure enough the whole truck sinks into the ground and then like you start to hear just screaming and the sounds of infected coming from below and all of a sudden you get this this wave of infected that's just straight world war z with the CGI zombies flying over. And I know in the back, in like this behind the scenes, they show like they were practical, but they also showed times where they had them in mocap suits. So they, they blended it together. And I, I'm not going to lie. By the end, it looked basically just CGI. It was a CGI wave of zombies, like World War Z, but it was still cool. I mean, it's awesome to see just people get ripped apart by a horde. And yeah, it was sick. I mean, all of a sudden there's this giant zombie battle, clickers everywhere, runners everywhere. And it's just all hell breaks loose. Ellie, Sam, and Henry try to escape. Henry and Sam get caught under a car and are being trapped. And Ellie gets caught in a car and has to escape a baby or a child clicker, which is something I'd never expected to see. That was fucking crazy. Um, it's freaky as hell. It's like contorting in the backseat of the car. It's freaky. Uh, but Joel shoots it another day, sex machina. And Ellie survives. And. Or Joel shoots someone else for Ellie. Joel's like has like perfect shots throughout this, and like as soon as the zombie horde comes up, Joel's like every shot he fires, he's hitting. And I mean, you know, maybe he's just like that. But in the game, I remember I was, <laughs> I was just hard to shoot stuff and like be perfect like that. That was a little movie-ish, but whatever. And also, especially since Joel wasn't able to hit a close-up shot with a pistol with a clicker in episode two, why is he able to just Chris Kyle all these dudes? I don't know. Anyways, uh, this was my favorite part of the episode, I think, or second favorite part, was the fucking bloater shows up, which is a mini-boss in the game. It's like the last stage of the infection. This giant beast of a zombie just comes out. And in the game, they, like, they're called bloaters because they like bloat these spores off of them and they throw spores at you. But they don't do that in the show, obviously, since there's no spores. But still, they have these tanks they're just tanks. They can rip you in half. And one of the death animations in the game is where, like, the bloater grabs your head and just rips it in half. And that's, like, it cuts to black. And that's one of the game over animations. And that was, like, the craziest one for the game. And I, before the episode started, I actually watched it with my brother and I told him, I'm like, they cast, okay, 
so I knew they were going to have the bloater in this episode. And they cast Tom, the guy who played Tommy in the game as this bad guy named Perry. And this guy, like, he just doesn't really do much. And I was like, he's only really, I feel like they're going to have, like, the actress in the game or just, they're going to do some meta shit with them. And of course they do. I mean, who, who would have ever thought you'd see Tommy get his head ripped off by a bloater? And I was thinking before the episode started, I'm like, they, they, that's how he's going to die. That's how Perry's going to die. He's going to get killed by the bloater in the same animation as the game. And, dude, that's exactly what happened. I, I was, I was like, my mind was blown that I got that prediction right. Uh, they, they literally did it straight from, they didn't show it up close, obviously, because that would be, like, NC-17. But it happens. He gets his head ripped in half by a bloater. I was like, whole Holy shit. That is fucking awesome. Props. Um, and then... What was after that? Oh, yeah. Um, basically, all the army's dead, and Joel reunite, or gets back with Ellie, Henry, and Sam. And the Kathleen comes up, and again, just kind of stands there with her gun. Why doesn't she shoot them all? It's already all over. Like, what are you doing? What are you waiting for? But she just stands there, and of course, the another Deus Ex Machina, the child clicker, which it was that made that was kind of ironic because she was talking about how kids don't matter. She gets killed by a child zombie kid. Um, but that was brutal, bro. She got her like she got slapped the fuck up, and then she got eaten. But like, damn, that thing was slapping the hell out of her face. It was crazy. And then I love it. so like the the four main characters escape, and then. We see a pan up shot of like you see the you start to see the skyline of Kansas City and that hole that got opened up just keeps infected just keep coming out of the hole and it just pans up to that city and you just see the infected all just f- fucking sprinting towards Kansas City and I'm like well there goes that entire population living there I mean they just freed free Kansas City just happened uh ten days ago and it's already gone. The entire city is going to be wiped off the map. Just because of revenge. Revenge is a double-edged sword. If you get your revenge, yeah. But then bad things will probably happen to you. It's going to bite you in the ass. Kathleen wanted revenge very bad. And then she didn't actually end up getting it. But still, her revenge basically caused the destruction of her free Kansas City. She killed every single person in that city. So, yeah. It's ironic. Anyways, uh, after this, we get the last scene, or basically the, the ending of the episode, which is basically almost a one-for-one one from the game. They didn't change it at all. Even the dialogue was super similar. Like, the way the dialogue Sam had from the game, he just wrote it out on the pad that he has because he's deaf, and it's the same dialogue. And I was, I was wondering how they're going to do it because he's deaf. But, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's all you have to do. You just write down the dialogue. It's still just as effective. And But, yeah, we see... Henry and Sam and uh, Joel and Ellie are in a, like a little hotel, and Ellie and or Joel tells Henry that they can come with them to uh, Wyoming, and Henry's like, "Oh, I like that." And you get the as an audience member who hasn't seen who doesn't know the game, you're like, "Oh, hell yeah, we got a two new dudes that are awesome, new squad, the squad's growing." But sadly, uh, those who have played the game know what happens next. Uh, we cut to Ellie and Sam in the hotel bedroom, and they're just kind of chilling. And they have this conversation about, like, what are you afraid of? Like, what are you scared of? And as soon as Sam wrote that, I'm like, 
oh, they're going to do the exact scene from the game. They're doing the same lines. And like, are you ever afraid? And Ellie says that she's afraid of being alone, which is really, that's important because that's really what defines her character is that's what she's afraid of. She doesn't want to be alone anymore. And uh, really that defines her whole character arc. So it's important that they put that there. It's in the game as well. So, uh, but yeah, and then this is this is actually different from the game. Sam straight up show he says like, "Are you still a monster inside? Uh, are you still human inside when you turn to a monster?" And that's from the game. And Ellie's kind of just like, "No, nah, I assume that you're just gone." But here, Sam literally shows his leg how he got bit, and Ellie's like, "Oh shit." Oh my god! And I, I was like, "What the fuck? Why, why would you do that? You just straight up just like what? Why is Ellie not gonna tell Joel?" And I don't know why she didn't. That's like another thing. I don't know why she didn't tell Henry and Joel that. Probably because she knew that they'd just kill Sam. It'd be over. So I don't know. That that was just a little bit. I I would have been way more freaked out than she was in that situation because not everyone's like you, Ellie. Like you know how fast people turn. Um, but yeah, she, uh. Sam's like, will you stay up with me? Or Ellie actually, this is kind of like whack. I I, I was really hoping this wouldn't work and it didn't, um, which is good. But if it did, that would have been like really cringy if they changed this. But Ellie tries to basically save Sam by cutting her hand open and like pressing her hand against his wound, trying to give some of her blood to him. I'm like, that's not going to work. That's not how it works. And like that's some like Baby Yoda shit or something. But uh, obviously it doesn't work. And uh, Sam tells Ellie to wake up or stay up with her, stay up with him. And the next morning, uh, Ellie wakes up and Sam's just kind of sitting there on the bed, just posted. And I was like, all right, this is now, it's just going to be the game. And Sam, or Ellie walks up to Sam and like, I, I, this is interesting because Sam's deaf. So he wouldn't have any idea that she's there until like he sees her. Cause he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to hear anything. So he, Sam or Ellie walks up to Sam and Sam turns around and he's infected now, like full infected. And he crashes into the room. And then this is like, I was like, holy shit, this is straight from the game. Like Sam busts in with Ellie. He's attacking Ellie. Joel tries to shoot Sam, but Henry shoots at Joel. Like that's my fucking brother. And, um, then Ellie's like literally about to die. Like she's getting like attacked and Joel's like, fuck it. And then Henry shoots Sam. And, like, out of just necessity. I think out of honestly just, like, reflex. Like, in the show, at least, that's what it looked like. He was just, like, reflexive. Just and then, as soon as he does that, he starts to process what he just did. And I thought this was such a good uh, thing for the show. Is like, they established that Henry was never violent before, the, like, he even held up Joel and Ellie. So, like, this is the first person he ever killed was his little brother. And that just breaks his mind. He just sits there and is like, what did I do? What did I do? And he's, like, looking at Joel. And Joel's like, please give the gun over. Just give, hand it over. And then Henry looks at Ellie and shoots himself. And I was like, oh. That's fun of the game, man. I knew it was going to happen. But still, that it, it sucks. It's just so tragic. It's just worst possible thing that could happen. Uh, in the game, I look, he liked the dialogue a little more there. Uh, Henry's like, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. And he's pointing the gun at Joel and he's crying. He's sobbing. And, uh, 
what I thought that was like more layered though, because he was saying it's all your fault to Joel, but in reality, what he was saying is that it's all Henry's fault. It was Henry's fault for Sam dying. He's blaming himself, which is why he shot himself in the game. Um, but in the show, it's a bit different. He was just like shocked, and his mind broke at the fact that his brother was gone and he killed him. So he shoots himself. And the reaction that Bella Ramsey gives as Ellie as soon as he pulls the trigger is crazy. Emmy award-winning shit right there. That's that was a hell of a reaction. That alone was way too realistic. It gave me the chills just seeing her react to that. Um, and then in the game, it just they had this music. I also wish they had music from the game in this. I saw an edit where they kept the music from the game in the show, and I thought it worked way better. But they just didn't keep the music from the game, which whatever. But uh, yeah, then in the game it cuts too. It says it's just a hard cut, and then it says fall. And it's just at this at that point we're with Ellie and Joel in Wyoming. But in this, uh, we actually get to see um, Ellie and Joel bury Sam and Henry. And I mean, yeah, man, that hits hard. It's really sad. Uh, Ellie writes, "I'm sorry" on the little thing that um, Sam wrote on. And you could tell Ellie was visibly changed by this. And this is going to be the start of her becoming. Way less innocent, a lot more cold. It's only going to be accentuated by the time uh, we get to the David section, which that's going to be fucking crazy. Because that was a freaky part of the game. And that, like, really redefined Ellie. It made her a lot different. So, But this, they're adding it a little further. They're changing it. I don't know if Ellie was as affected by their death in the game as it... it kind of They mentioned it a couple times, but... I don't they, It wasn't nearly as... I don't think it's going to be as a big deal... I don't think it's... It, it's going to be a bigger deal in the show than it was in the game, I feel like. Because uh, they literally just cut... They cut away and they don't really ever talk about it again. It's just like a complete shock. Like, what the fuck? This, I feel like they're going to touch on the themes of it. Um, But yeah, that's, that's like the end. That's the end of the episode. Really solid. Um, One more thing about the ending is I think Joel definitely buried henry and sam for ellie he if it was just him there i don't think he would have buried him but he did it for ellie just because like he realizes that if they didn't do that it would be uh it wouldn't be good for her so they bury him give him a proper funeral and yeah i i was super impressed this episode i saw some people complaining about the action aspects whatever like is it that big of a deal I don't know. I thought the action was fine. There's a little, like, there, yeah, Davis Ex Machina's, but you know what? I, I, I've seen way worse. This is so much better than everything else I see on TV these days, so I, 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 I'm not complaining. People are just new, too nitpicky these days. Yeah. Um, really solid episode. Probably my second or third favorite. I, you know, I, I'm probably going to say second favorite. I think this is my second favorite episode. Just because of the way it really lays out the themes of the whole series and furthers the character arcs of Joel and Ellie. You can see Joel softening up a lot and also can see Ellie becoming way less innocent, a lot more mature. Um, and it's laying the groundwork for part two. So I, I was impressed. Next next week we get Wyoming. Uh, we get to see Tommy again. It's going to be hype. I, uh, I really liked... Uh, is it Diego Luna or Gabriel Luna? <sighs> I really forgot this. But the actor that does Tommy in the show sounds has the exact same vibe as Tommy from the game sounds just like him so I'm happy I'm gonna be excited to see him again because I I liked him a lot in the pilot um 
But yeah, it also looks like they're changing the way they get to Wyoming or Jackson. They change it slightly. Well, they don't go to a dam, I don't think. And they also, uh, they race swapped uh, Tommy's wife, which I saw some debate about. To be honest, I don't know why they did that. It's kind of unnecessary. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It's a character. Her, she didn't, her being white in the game didn't define her character. She could be black and do the exact same thing, so... It's just like whack. I like they never race swap. I know they never race swap Marlene or Riley. Like if they did that, that'd be riots. But they can race swap a white character because that's just the way the world works. Um, I'm trying to think what else there's to talk about. Uh, music in the show. I think the music so far, all of the music I've heard has been straight from the game, and there hasn't really been any new tracks, which is very disappointing. I'm hoping that then when the soundtrack comes out, I'll be pleasantly surprised with tracks that, like... I feel like this, when the soundtrack comes out for the show, it's going to be basically just a shortened version of the game soundtrack for the first game. Like, I don't know. It didn't even feel like they re-recorded any of the tracks. It's just straight up just the game, which I'm fine with. I love the soundtrack from the game. Um, it's one of my favorites, but... I mean, I don't know. I thought they'd be doing a little more, especially since you got Gustavo back, but... Maybe all they did was literally just use his music from the game and credit him. Uh, yeah, though, I'm really impressed. Solid, solid episode. Craig Mazin, Neil Druckmann knock, knocking it out of the park still. I'm hoping the same quality continues. I'm assuming it will at this point. I mean, if they have five really good episodes, I can imagine the next four are also going to be really good. We're over halfway through the series now. And, yeah, it's definitely the best video game adaptation. So now I guess we can reflect on it halfway through. It's uh, my favorite ever for video game adaptations. I've always wanted the story to be told on the big or small screen, big screen, whatever. And they're doing an insanely good job of it. Looks just like the game. Same aesthetic, same vibe. But the most important thing is that they're just staying accurate to the story. They're doing the same story, which is great. If it ain't broke, why fix it? And the themes of the game, I feel like, are very important themes and... The story is just an, I feel like it's an important story for a lot of reasons, but that's why I'm so happy that it's being brought to the mass audience. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how people react to season two. Um, maybe they'll rearrange some things. I, I feel like they definitely have to for the television format. Or maybe not. Maybe they'll just keep it like it is and we'll just see the chaos unfold. I, I watched it with my mom as well. And I can only imagine what she's going to think when uh, Abby shows up. Oh, God. Well, that's not for a while, at least. So we can be thankful that we just have the first game for the first season. And if the second season is ass, then at least we still have the first season, which is perfect. I'm assuming it'll be perfect by the end. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Um... Don't forget to eat your fucking cinnamon rolls. Peace.